So good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I'm Sarah Miller from Wisnet over there next to me, I think, depending on how your screen is configured, is my co-host, John Patterson. Is it mirrored? Is the video mirrored? I don't know. I don't know. Um, our guests today are in-house, both from Wisnet, uh, Ben Chase, one of our platform engineers, and Brian Reamer, our CTO. And I'm just going to hand it right over to both of you, whoever wants to go first. Tell us a bit about what you do for Wisnet, guys. I'll give it a shot. Uh, CTO, Chief Technology Officer, uh, which in organizations like Wisnet vary widely in duties. Uh, Wisnet's version of a CTO is manager for the engineering and support groups and uh, internal infrastructure, uh, long-term strategies, uh, technology-based kinds of strategies, like how are we going to keep bits flowing and what are we going to do for data storage and all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah, what and... I do on a daily basis is uh, go to meetings, sit on Zoom, and do email. <laughs> wow! And console Don't me be when I melt down. Console me while I melt down. Uh, and I'm a I'm a platform engineer, um, formerly network engineer. We're sort of shifting uh, our view at Wisnet of of not just the network, but uh, what we are as a as a platform for all sorts of things. So. Um, that's that's my official title. Uh, what I do every day is um, mostly still networking. Um, I, you know, help design and deploy routers, uh, try to fix stuff when it breaks, um, and I'm kind of starting to take more of a an interest in the uh, firewall service that we offer, and um, kind of starting to pay attention to security related things as we as we all delve into that. Excellent. Um, we wanted to pick a topic today, and the first thing that Sarah said was, let's not talk about COVID. So, hooray, we're not going to go there. You know, we realize that you can get sucked into this vortex of, you know, how are you doing, all that other stuff. Um, but we wanted to talk a little bit today about security, and I'm, I'm going to leave it wide open in a number of different ways. Um, we'll, we'll kind of, you'll see as it, as it goes along. The first question I have for the two of you, um, and this was this was a hard one too. Where are you on the spectrum? And I, and I was kind of brainstorming this with Sarah. I said between, there's somewhere between my mom and a security nut, um, you know that kind of stuff. Maybe a better way to to put it is, what's the next small thing step forward that you want to do personally? Um, that that you, what's the next step forward for you? Just leave it there. For for personal security or, or in relation to WISNET? Um, for personal security, don't give away any WISNET secrets in here. But no, I mean, you know, you can wish for the organization as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's what's that next sort of thing? Maybe it's something that you see somebody that does it better than you, and you're you're trying on it. Um, like Annette, I'm trying my best. Um, what's that next step? Um, I, I, I think for me, sort of my, my personal focus has been around reevaluating, um, I guess just generally how much exposure I have on the internet, sort of, uh, you know, I went through the phase of, oh, let's get unique passwords everywhere and get everything into a password manager and, uh, turn on two factor authentication everywhere. And now I'm starting to think more about like, how much do I trust this? service that I use with my data and how much do I want to be a um, 
target for data mining uh, uh, by the company or uh, at risk for somebody else grabbing the company's data. So that's, that's I guess, my sort of general next, next step is starting to think about what I'm putting in the services and which services I trust. And, and how many is that? I mean, is that kind of accurate too? You're like, you know, I, do I need 150 different accounts with 100 and... Yeah, I mean, I am, uh, I guess, just sort of by nature of my personality, like I sign up for absolutely everything that comes along. Like, <laughs> oh, there's a new social media service. Let me just grab my screen name on that real quick. Uh, oh, somebody's got a different take on email uh, this week as opposed to the last week. Um, so yeah, and for tons of services, um, and, and yeah, so managing sort of, you know, me having an account out there maybe isn't a bad a bad thing, but do I have anything in there that could be bad? So yeah, sure. thinking about like how much do I want to give away my real email address, for example, to all of these all of these places, so that I'm like connected in uh, to the web of what people know about me. How about you, Brian? Uh, it's to the your first question about where are you on the spectrum. I'm probably somewhere. Uh towards the more paranoid of center. That's, I do believe there's bad guys out there everywhere and it pays to check every freaking link you open and attachment that uh, your mother-in-law sends you and whatever else comes in because you know they're not checking them. <laughs> uh, but it's, and somewhere uh, years ago, I, I got a little bit of uh, realism in there saying, if the bad guys want my info bad enough, they're gonna find a way to get it. But I don't wanna be an easy target because I can't imagine why they want it that bad. That there's nothing that particularly special about most of us on an individual basis. So uh, kind of a, uh, along the lines of what Ben was talking, one of the things most recently that has popped into mind that I'm actively making an effort towards is not setting up new accounts with every new service. Every time I wanna buy a, a new part for the car, then you say, oh, create an account, no. I, I, I won't do it. If I can't log out or check out as guest, I'll go find the part somewhere else. So I'm, I'm being uh, more and more brutally resistant to yet another account. If they can link to an existing service, uh, like a, a Google or a Facebook account, I find that a little easier than if I have to change the password. I've got one less place to try to remember to do it. But uh, uh, at least for my own purposes, limiting the accounts is probably the top active thing. On behalf of my uh, my family and, and wider circle, it's m making them more aware of the bad guys that are out there. It's it's the, the user side of security. Don't click that link. Yes, it's a hilarious uh, montage. Or yes, uh, Trump really is an alien. Uh, don't click it, people. <laughs> Mom. Um, Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your kind of next step in this whole thing? Um, well, honestly, getting a password manager was a huge step for me. Like, I think I did that maybe about two years ago. We kind of had like a flurry of password manager conversation at Wisnet. I don't know. Maybe it was two years ago. Maybe it was more. Um, and that was, so that was like a, a big step for me. And I make sure that I, um, have like a calendar alert that, that, prompts me to go in and and deal with managing my passwords and changing them on a regular basis so i try to keep up with that um i'm like the exact opposite of ben i just don't sign up for anything um so <laughs> i don't have an issue like kind of keeping my my um 
my self-control in terms of sharing my information but i have also thought a lot lately about like who is who is who has access to my data especially in regards to social media um it really bothers me and like john you and i were just talking about yesterday we had texted about something non-work related like in the evening and then (laughs) i'm being coy here um and then and then like you had gotten by the next morning you received like two ads for it and you were just saying that that like that had never happened to you before like that and i get really unnerved by that i really i really don't like that so i try to and and in my experience um like Facebook is the absolute worst. Um, I haven't been on Facebook for years, but I still use Instagram, which is of course owned by Facebook. So um, every time anything like that happens, I'm. I, it's a really good reminder that like, basically I'm just being watched all the time and somebody's making money off my my activity online and that that really bothers me. So I try to make I try to make sure that I'm aware of who I'm sharing my information with. I also really struggle with email like Brian you were just saying you know helping your helping your friends and family like figure out what's legit or what's not I feel like phishing schemes are just getting better and better and better and I'm possibly getting dumber and dumber and dumber and I did those those are inverse correlations with each other so um with with honestly with my personal email account it's not an issue but with work sometimes I'm like I just don't you know I need to run this by like our 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 in-house security people because I really don't know whether this is legit or not. Um, and I'm being facetious, but I'm, I'm not dumb when it comes to this stuff. And, and even sometimes it's hard for me. So just trying to make sure that I stay aware and that I don't click things without thinking about it. Cause sometimes that's really easy to do, especially if it looks legit and it looks like a work thing. Um, so that's just kind of like a small self-education piece that I'm, that I've been trying to be better at lately. I've got a question of Ben, and this is a follow-up, and I'll, I'll follow it up and with with a little bit of my where I wish I could beat do next. I'm, I'm I'm having trouble with in the browser, and you know it it is that you know the cookies and the things and the this and the that and the, you know and I'm I'm concerned about who's collecting what data and stuff like that. But I also have a a, a little itch to scratch about. Um, password managers inside the browser. What is your Ben, what is your opinion on that? I mean, do you do you use Keychain on on macOS and then or do you let Google save your save your passwords and then also have another password manager? Cuz that's where I'm kind of that's that's my hard spot right now is the relationship between all of those. Yeah, I um I've been a one password user for a really long time um and it's one of those it's it's more expensive than some of the ones that are out there, but it um, kind of saved my tail a few times, and so I I feel like I owe it some loyalty, maybe. Um, <laughs> Karma. And yeah, uh, and they were around maybe before browsers were really offering to save passwords. Um, so I kind of I, I use both Keychain on OS ten and and my iPhone, and then uh, and then one password, and and the built in Keychain is sort of just a backup. Um, but for that reason, I turn off anything else like Chrome can't save my passwords. Firefox can't save my passwords because I two is two is two places is too many sometimes for me, uh, just from a management standpoint. Um, but, you know, I also I hate that experience where you go and create a password because 
I don't make memorable passwords. Uh, you could, you know, tie my arm behind my back and, and beat me. And I, and I literally would not be able to tell you my passwords because they're all random. Um, anyway, that's a digression. I, I, I think, uh, m most of the big ones that, that do it like LastPass is one that famously is only in the browser They're They, they know how to do it right. Um, where they're not, um, you know, they're as trustworthy as they're, as they're, as any sync service that's doing it right would be. Um, and I have a, I have a fuzzier feeling about, um, about a company whose entire reputation is based on not losing my password data. Uh, so uh, I, I feel much better about like LastPass or 1Password or Dashlane than I do about saving my stuff in Chrome and having that get synced through whatever Google service. Um, the, the biggest issue there to watch out for is just make sure you're not putting your password into a site that isn't what it says it is, which, you know, if you're getting getting security warnings about bad certificates or something, or, or your password manager doesn't, uh, doesn't match the website correctly and say, this doesn't look like the, the site you saved your password for. That's, that's where you have to watch out, just having that tie in there. That's been one of my favorite features of password managers is that sort of uh, silent double check that the site is real. If I go to my bank yeah. site and that prompts to fill in the passwords, then I, I know it's actually the bank site. If it, doesn't seem to recognize it and doesn't know what to put in, then I, I'd look much closer. But the uh, the thing that you mentioned earlier, Ben, about uh, using the the incomprehensible passwords, you know, the, the random string that a, a password manager will, will suggest for you, that's something that I just started doing. And I, I have a hard time not doing something that I can't go to another computer and type by, you know, five second memory that I have to go back and forth, type, 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 type. But it's, uh, it, I, I am convinced it's the smarter way to go. I do have a very small number of passwords that I have memorized. Um, and I just, I make them longer, uh, but like more memorable um, for that reason. Cause you know, if I dunk my computer in a lake and need to buy a new one, like I need to be able to bootstrap from something. <laughs> so uh, the, the really critical stuff, I, I will memorize a few of those and then uh, everything else I just, I've used it long enough that I just trust the system. And yes, I've run into some couple spots that's been annoying, but uh, in the long run, it's way easier than trying to remember lots of different passwords. My biggest fear is that something's going to happen to me and my husband who can barely operate a calculator <laughs> is going to have to get into my computer to pay our bills or do anything <laughs> like that. So I'm like, I'm going to put this very difficult password on a post-it and bury it somewhere in your hunting gear and then you'll have to remember where it is so that if i die you can get it to my computer because i don't know how to solve those problems he well, still does have yeah. instructions to come to me to where to find that right he does i literally when i had my second baby i was like if i die you need to just ask john and he will help you break into my here's computer the here's the password Oh, Some of these, uh, this has actually been a big a big conversation in the last couple of years like what happens to your digital presence after you uh die or become incapacitated and some services now have a way to like let somebody else inherit your passwords or we'll just like here's a sheet of paper print it out and either put it in your safe or give it to your lawyer and like this will be the you know key to 
to unlocking everything that needs to happen. This is August. Just one quick one thing I'd suggest is is if you're using LastPass, you can get LastPass family, and then you can share accounts. So like I, I manage cell phones, my wife manages the bank. Obviously, both of us have to get access to that once in a while. By putting that in that shared folder, she can change passwords. I can change passwords, and neither of us care. So that's, pro- that's probably a next step for me in, in, in terms of me and my family and stuff like that, too. I was thinking about that. You know, we've got a couple of things that are shared across different people, but it'd probably be better to share those inside a, a password manager that, that we're all linked in. It's crazy. So, yeah, we, oh, yeah. We, we did we did it for the, the obvious reason. I changed the password. She had the old one written down, couldn't get in to change something on our cell phone. So that was kind of the you know wake up call. We got to get this online. So and it was all your fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going. To, you're having a rough week. Sorry, <laughs> Um. Okay. Well, moving on. What What do you guys think of when when we say security? Like, where does your mind? It's such a huge topic, and it's it's even hard to like announce that we're going to have a, a conversation about security because we could talk about you know a hundred different things um but for for both of you given what we've already talked about what where does your mind go like what's the thing you focus on the most or first ben why don't you go first i, I think i'm gonna go sideways on this one at the end <laughs> um thank, thanks for giving me a heads up on this question by the way because the first thing i think about is like how big of a topic it is like that is the first like you know it's not really a, a thing or a product it's a it's a posture it's an attitude it's a practice um and and i think um i, I sort of started making the analogy in my head of security as sort of like fitness or health where you can't buy a thing that makes you healthy uh you know you can you can buy a firewall and that's a security appliance you can buy a password manager and that's a security service uh but if that doesn't come along with behaviors or uh education that it it does the same as buying an exercise bike and leaving it in your basement or buying an apple and not eating it or eating it after you've had pie all day um There are just so many. There are just so many factors. Uh, it's not a thing you can complete. It's not a thing you can be done with or have. You can't like say, "I am now secure." Um, and it also is very different for very different people in different organizations. You know what what you need for a giant mega, you know, multinational corporation is not the same thing you need for. A twenty-person company or a an individual, um, and you can you can do more harm than good by doing the wrong kind of security or doing the wrong kind of uh, you know health practice. So I think I think I think those kind of maybe are a good way to to think about. That there's enough similarity there that gives you sort of the scope of the problem. I love that analogy. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's cool. It's, it, it leads on where I was going to go as well. When uh, when I hear the word security, my brain goes immediately to IT security, to threats, to bad actors, to people in dark rooms and shadowed I, 
lights that that you know that e- evil people trying to do bad things and and i got to worry about that and try to protect myself and everything that i care about and that's 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 it becomes very threat based fear based and you know to what ben was getting at the the belief in the back of my head that i i can't beat this once and for all it's going to be an ongoing fight the the slightly different version of the word that, that ben mentioned secure when I, I think of the word secure, when somebody throws that out, it's a very different reaction for me. It's not technical. It's very personal, very emotional. It's, are my, is my car safe? Are, is my family safe? Are the doors locked? Um, it, it, it's, and then, oh yeah, also it's IT stuff, but, but that word secure is, is much more all encompassing for me, uh, a bigger question. And when I think about it in the context of like a school, you know, it's are, are they safe from from bad people sneaking in through back doors and being a threat? That that's a different kind of secure than what we usually talk about in IT security. I that's like a really good comparison. point. I'm gonna jump into this one because this is gonna bring us into a a few different paths. And, and I'll start. I'll start by answering my own question first. You know, the the last question we have is, what's the most interesting security-related thing you've come across lately? Something in the news, something you've just experienced. And um, one of the things that I'm <laughs> I'm looking at right now, my daughter is a uh, a freshman at UW Madison. Uh, obviously, taking all online classes. Um, I was I didn't know this existed, but uh, there's a product out there. There are probably ten of them, but the one UW Madison uses is called Honor Lock, and basically, and I'm going to give you the what I've read in Reddit version of this. You know, I'm not going to give you the company pitch, uh, so I'm I'm completely wrong about all of this. But um, the basics are, you know, you've got a Chrome browser extension that that's installed that when you're taking an online test. Um, somebody from the company is or the company's ai slash the humans behind it um are watching you take the test you're scan there you do a scan of your room you know if you do certain things if you um if people come into the camera and things like that it's going to trigger humans to come in there and look and see what's going on and they're doing this huge job to try and catch people cheating on exams um I didn't know that I didn't know that existed. I I should have known it existed, um, but that's that's something that I, I just I'm fascinated with. I'm I, I'm typically not a paranoid person, but you know I sit there I look at that and I go, God, maybe that's a step too far. Um, not sure. Have you guys ever come across something like that? I've not heard of that. No, I find that really interesting, and my. My sneaky side immediately wants to figure out how to beat that. I, well, that's just it. That's the well, that's the whole Reddit thing is you know people saying, well, is this going to trigger it or you know how could I do that? And um, yeah, I I, I, I want to play it like a game too. Yeah, exactly. Um, but not not with my daughter's education. <laughs> I, I think there's that that brings up two really interesting things. One of which is is that yeah, as soon as you as soon as you put something like that in place some portion of the population is going to go, I, I bet I can, I bet I can beat that. I bet I can figure out how that works. Um, but also I think there's this really important point where there's, there needs to be this balance of 
security versus privacy and also usability, you know, where, um, the, the, the most, the, the most surefire way, way we could secure Wisnet as a network is to disconnect the internet and all of its, and all users on Wisnet, right? Um, <laughs> almost totally. That will 100% mitigate the risk. Yeah. Um, but it will 100% destroy the value of the thing that we're trying to do. Right. Um, it would, it would instantly negate any, any work or effort or, or money that we put into this thing. Um, it gets trickier in the middle, of course, um, where, where the correct spot is on that dial. Um, but, but same thing with, uh, I think this has been a big discussion, um, in schools, you know, people have implemented these systems to kind of do all this behavioral analysis to try to prevent things like serious problems, like harm or violence in schools. Um, but then a, what does that do to the students to, to know how much they're being watched? Um, even with the best of intentions and, and B what, what other sorts of information does that pick up and how easy is it to, to use that? Um, you know, maybe we bought this, this service so that we could catch somebody who was thinking about doing something, you know, really bad at the school. Uh, but now also we use it to tell student, tell, tell students, parents, if their student is swearing online. Um, and you know, that gets into some murky, murky situations. And, and uh, I, I think that's another big part of security is that you really have to think about what, um, what, what are we, what are we taking away in order to make, uh, make an environment safer? Let me pick on, pick on one of the fancy things that's happening right now in time. And that's TikTok. Um, when you said security, privacy, and usability, um, here we've got a product that, um, you know, it, it's it, it's amazing in terms of, you know, getting rid of a lot of privacy things. It, people turn over a lot of stuff, turning over a lot of data that's being used for a lot of different reasons. Um, but it, it's extremely usable. It's extremely popular. And even people that I that I think of as really strict IT data privacy. I don't want people seeing my stuff. Um, this is like a magic dust to them. You know, they're like, yeah, but except for TikTok, I'll use TikTok, you know, and I talk to my kids and I'm like, you know, maybe that's not the best thing. And they're like, yeah, but it, it feels good. Um, what, what, what are your takes on TikTok? I mean, is that, is that too far for you or are you into it or where are you at on that spectrum? I was just discovering vines when that sort of died <laughs> off and then TikTok pops up a couple of years later. It's like, oh, that's like the same thing. That's awesome. Uh, I really enjoy the content. Uh, the The whole security risk issue of it never occurred to me at all as a non-poster. You know, I'm just a consumer of other people's content uh, until uh, for some reason they managed to piss off a president. <laughs> uh, so it's I, having, you know, and this, didn't really want to get into the politics here, but having read the the order about uh, TikTok as a security threat to the United States, I, I think is dramatically overstated. But I can't say there's nothing there either. There there is some data that exists. It is 
available to outside entities, which could or could not fall under the control of, of folks trying to do bad things to Americans. What they're going to do with a video of some guy falling off a skateboard, I don't know. But it's I, I can see a little bit of something to it, but it's, it's hard to get through the politics in that. What does it look like from a network engineer standpoint, Ben? I mean, can, could WhiskNet block TikTok? I don't even know if there's an answer to that. Is it possible? Is it, is it realistic? Is it? Um, it'll, it'll depend a little bit on, on how they have things set up. Uh, likely... So if Wisnet did it, you know, we, we would not be cutting off a large part of their user base. Um, so, you know, they might not try. Uh, if it was part of a larger effort, uh, they might they might have better ways to circumvent it, and it would become a game of whack-a-mole. Um, just just like you know, trying to defend against uh, other yeah. other attackers, you know. Yeah, DDoS attacks is you know it's it's a game of whack-a-mole. There are some things you can do, but you can't mitigate it entirely. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, we could probably do it. Uh, it, it would be hard uh, to to maintain. And um, my larger argument about it is that is is that we shouldn't um, because it's happening. Sort of. Uh, this gets back into what I was saying earlier, like a, a there's sort of realms of authority, right. Um, on a, you know, a governmental level, like do, does WISNET as an organization have any sort of authority to say what WISNET's members should or should not be able to access on the network. Um, and also on the technical level, it just doesn't make sense to do it, uh, at the WISNET level. Like we're a regional, uh, network provider from a network standpoint um our job is to move bits back and forth not to not to curate um what what gets across the wire uh so it's sort of breaking uh it's breaking the model of how internet the internet and technology are supposed to work um you know my my feeling on that is that it would be something that should be happening at an organization a, a small organization level and a device level you know, it's, it's software. It's not a, it's not a network issue. Uh, it's not something that is harming the functionality of the network. Therefore, WISNET in its capacity as a, as a network provider or many other things, but WISNET as a network, uh, shouldn't touch that, uh, personal opinion, personal opinion, uh, no, it's, not it's, a, it's, not uh, a stated policy, but <laughs> oh, it uh, is a yeah, that's, policy. that's how I would look at it. Um, WISNET for and, the 20 years I've been here is violently agnostic towards the content <laughs> that that our members want, need, provide. It's absolutely not our business to get in the middle of that. It's uh, you all have told us that over and over, uh, over the the life of Wisnet, saying just deliver our bits, damn it. We'll, we'll figure out what to do with them. The uh, the the thing that's that Ben's getting at too, I think, uh, probably bears repeating in today's age uh, because we're still using the protocols that were developed. 30, 40, 50 years ago, when links for networking were very unreliable. And that means that those protocols are built really well to find another path. So if somebody in the middle, like a WISNET, tries to block traffic, then it's um, the, the internet, the, the protocols are excellent at finding other ways to deliver it. 
we discovered this back in the days of Napster when it was killing individual members, campuses, and um, we they were trying to block it and it kept finding other paths. And the, the best uh, approach at that time that they came up with was identify it and restrict it. And then we could know where it's going and, and apply some extra rules to it. And, and by the way, that's not we, that was the members. Again, that was just uh, delivering bits as asked. But uh, when we talk about this, you know, if the order did come down saying thou shalt not TikTok, uh, I don't think we could do it at a Wisnet level. I think that would have to be done at an endpoint level, you know, either on the devices, on the Chromebooks, or at least at the, at the local lands where you've got single choke points that you can somewhat control. The internet's a lot like water. It, it wins every time, you know. <laughs> that stuff will flow and it'll go whichever way it needs to go. Sarah, do you have anything else to to end with? No, I don't have any more questions. Um, do you? I don't. Um, I I will say that we have a whole uh, lineup of of future guests coming up next year. We're gonna or next year. Next year. Can you see it? COVID. COVID. See COVID exactly. Calendars. Like I'm done with 2020. Um, next week we have Kevin May from Oregon School District. Um, he's an awesome guy. We're gonna sit down and chat with him about all sorts of stuff about his job as IT support administrator there, as well as his hobby farm, which is really cool. Um, Probably gonna be a four forty five minutes of hobby farm <laughs> questions. I will um, tune into that. You know, yeah. that sounds great. No, it's awesome. And then the week after that, we have um, Sarah Lipke from CISA 10. Uh, we also have Diane Dorsch, who used to be with the Green Bay um, Area Public School District and is now retired and is doing some cool stuff in her retirement. So we're going to catch one, up with her. That's going to be all about fishing. So we got hobby <laughs> farms and fishing. Yeah. There you go. Um, and then um, Joe Sampolippo from Fall Creek School District, the superintendent up there. So be on the lookout for emails from me regarding those and how to register for those. And you can also always find that information on our website at um, wisnet.net forward slash events. I think that's it. Also, this is where the archives of these shows live. So if you're enjoying this, you can go, um, you can go back and check those out. And John and I have also made the decision to like make this an actual podcast. So if you attend in the future, you can watch this live join us here on zoom to watch as we um as we host the show live with video but then later on afterwards we're we're just going to put it into a real podcast form so you'll be able to subscribe to that and listen to that a little bit a little bit more easily than the way we're doing it now we're also working with a little program called descript in order to take the audio and turn it into a transcript too yes. so we'll have Thank that you. written part too um, so we're trying to different things, trying to make it accessible in a number of different ways and consumable in a number of different ways. So look forward to that. Um, once we figure it out. Thank you, Ben and Brian for being here with us today. Thank Thanks you for, for everybody us. else for that's in, the, in the participant room. Uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Take care.